Hi, Jeb. Hi, Talon. You know, on the Downloadable Concept Podcast today, we've had a lot of laughs. But you know what isn't funny right now? Real life. Seriously, everyone. It's okay to just ignore your Twitter and your Facebook and hide for a couple of days. It's okay. Degenerating into bullshit is literally our brand. <laughs> That's my okay Cupid profile name. <laughs> you know... Uh, after Do It For The Vine took a step out, um, I just realized there's going to be a point where OkCupid okay fades enough in public re- public recognition that that's my OkCupid okay profile name will be a really weird joke. Yep. I mean, it's already a weird joke because you don't make multi-paragraph long OkCupid okay profile names anymore. We can just move on to the title of my sex tape. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Which, you know, that will surely be popular enough by then. Oddly enough, the title of my sex tape is my OkCupid okay profile name. That's so weird because that's my OK Cupid profile name is the title of my sex tape. Surely that will be popular enough as the title of my sex tape. <laughs> Last night someone said misplaced meat delivery. Ooh, that's a good one. Please, did you did you say it? Did you say I it? I said it, and they all good. looked at me like, "What the fuck? Where did that come from?" <laughs> is this not a joke? To pe- I thought we stole this from somewhere in the first place. Um, did we actually make up a joke? I think. I, I stole it from someone. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it is a, a a transplanted joke. I know that for a while there, I heard other people also making OK Cupid profile name jokes, and I know that Gabriel Morton of um off YouTube for a time there was making that's my Christian mingle profile. <laughs> that's name. probably where we stole it from. Yeah. Oddly enough, that's my J date profile name. <laughs> Sorry, G date. J date. J date. It's Jewish. It's a new thing. Ah, it's a Jewish dating site. Uh, of course, of course, they would. Be. I just assumed that the other religions were not crass enough to have them. Oh, they are. Don't worry. <laughs> you know how in in Australia here, Fox, we have this weird situation where the broadcasting services for television get more narrow the further you get from cities. So Sydney has Channel Nine News, and then when you get further south, like where we are, you get um, Win. And you know how if you get further inland, away from the coast and away from the big cities, you start getting more rural broadcasts like Capital. And W Spider FM. <laughs> I I can't say I do, but then I haven't watched free to air tell I haven't watched television television in ten years. I'm going what oh, nearing on twenty years now. I think we stopped watching when we moved into the Cringilla house because the antenna was broken. Well, that'll do it. And we just never started again because the only thing we were watching at that point was Iron Chef. <laughs> The, the antenna was broken is my okay. <laughs> the thing is, uh, when, it, when it comes to that for, uh, for context for the listener, uh, because this is all going in. This is all going in. That, that, this is what our podcast is going to be this week. Oh, superb. Just, just formless. I better swear a bunch more Just then. formless just, bullshit. Just um, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> just fuck it. This will do. Just form. Fuck that's, it. that's the title of the episode. Formless bullshit. Formless bullshit. We're actually doing an experiment in avant-garde uh, nouveau form. Oh, hang on. Surely podcast. the title should be misplaced meat delivery. <laughs> misplaced meat delivery. <laughs> But uh, in in freeway television, the further you get from cities, the more of the ad time gets taken up by bull semen. Like Same. here, uh, yeah. See, that's not much of Same. a thing here. Yeah. We would instead have sheep. No, no, I'm I'm talking about here. I'm talking about Australia. Really? Yeah, because like in Sydney, never you never see a small town rural ad in Sydney. I know I've I've, I've lived there for ten years. You didn't see it. We came out here, and I remember seeing like prime possum telling the kids to go to bed because we're a slightly smaller town area. 
Um, Don't you diss on Prime? Actually, no, Prime Possum sucks. Yeah, Prime Possum sucks. Big Dog is where it's at. Yeah, and, and what is it, Harold the, the Giraffe? Listen, motherfucker, I will fight you over that dog. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> no, sweetie, Harold the Giraffe was from the Life Education... Have we not talked about this on the podcast? I'm sure we have, but the point okay, is... Okay, for non-Australians, the Life Education Van is amazing. It's a free program. Oh, right, right. I remember, the, I remember the Life Education Van because it sounds like something out of an Orwell novel. <laughs> we have talked about it. Okay, great. <laughs> Where you get advice on biology and eventually puberty and peer pressure and whatnot from a giraffe who goes from being a hand puppet to an animatronic head. That's fantastic. That's so cool. He's that's wonderful, uh, but he's not on TV because he's not a like he's, he's not, a, he's not a TV character. He's, he's real. Like, he's a real guy. Yeah, he only he's does live appearance as Talon. <laughs> so he's down to earth. Now uh, I have watched the television. Also, a- his full name is Happy Healthy Harold. Nice. His parents <laughs> really were optimistic. <laughs> That's it's what like, they don't, you know, what they don't people tell people you. Give what they, their kids ch- virtue names. Yeah. What they don't tell you about is his is his is brother. You know, depressed, drug-addled Daryl. <laughs> well, actually, that is you do one year meet that Harold. He's, he's got oh, like a okay. shot filter on his eyes and whatnot because he's been pressured into smoking <laughs> by the uh, I don't know the other giraffes at school. <laughs> we never find out if Harold is the only animal in his Listen, world. Harold, 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 gotta check out these leaves, bro. I'm telling you <laughs> how. How does smoking work when you're a giraffe and you've got that much neck to get the smoke down? I don't know. You drag huge tokes, huge tokes. <laughs> but uh, the throat is definitely the part that gets cancer. On the note of ridiculous names, I learned this month that the bloke who helped invent paper money his was, was known as like John Hunter or something like that. I can't remember his exact name, but that's because it was a shorthand because his first name was, and the Lord shall not lead us into iniquity, Johannes something or other Hunter. He had one of those wonderfully ridiculous multi-paragraph Puritan names. He had a really sweet rapper name. Yeah, um, but... I've, I have watched free-to-air television in more rural areas. Uh, we Specifically, I was thinking Albury, Wodonga, and um, Echuca. And if you want an idea of how rural Echuca is, Echuca is paired with Yellowknife. Where is Echuca? Echuca's in Victoria. Ah, okay. It's, it is flat desert Victoria. And Yellowknife is the capital city of the Northwest Territories in Canada. Oh, yes, I know where Yellowknife is. Yeah. I, this is actually quite a good perspective on yeah. how small Echuca is. So, yeah, Echuca is a tiny town. And here, in in the area we live in, in the Illawarra by the coast, you occasionally get farmer ads. You occasionally get, you know, hey, we're selling these tractors really cheap. Or, you know, we have this one-off incident where we're selling a whole bunch uh, of cattle. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I've even seen the occasional tractor ad here. Yeah. And then in Echuca, you turn on the free-to-air television and every ad break, every ad break, you will see someone advertising the most competitive rates for bull semen. See, I'm amazed by that. Are you sure that you should name this episode? Given that it's episode 69, it's not oh my God. the most competitive rates for bull semen. <laughs> nice. <laughs> By the way, this is this is what happens before we do an introduction to the listener. This, this is exactly <laughs> what it's like all the time. See, okay, here's the thing. Uh, the only reason that surprises me is because I thought of bull semen as a private seller thing. Mm. Like, we're dog breeders. Um, yeah. Like, where it's doors. all just arranged privately behind the scenes. You know who to contact if you are important <laughs> enough to deserve the semen. Behind closed doors, lights down, those little mutants going on. Little Smoke, Barry White smoky. in the background. <laughs> smoky rooms, mood lighting. 
But yeah, like it's a like you know, it's not the kind of thing you would put on television because it's not a yeah a an advertisable thing, and advertising doesn't help it sell sufficiently much. I went on a business trip. Unless my- are we talking about? Is there like you know low grade bulk bull semen? Bulk bull semen is my <laughs> okay cupid profile. Name. When you don't need particularly impressive bull semen, you just need to get some cows knocked up. All right, look, I didn't buy any. <laughs> And why not? <laughs> no, here's how you know. If they name who it's from, <laughs> then it's the important stuff. No, no. If it's just bull semen, then that's like wine that's labeled wine drink. Well, that that's the thing that amazed me about these ads, because I watched like a couple of hours of free-to-air television in Echuca in the middle of the day, all right? This is not watershed programming. This isn't late night. We're allowed to use the word semen. This is... <laughs> This is late night bull semen. That's your title. <laughs> the title of this episode is going to wind up being "That's Your Title." Um, the but these ads would contain like price charts on that flickery blue background, yellow text, black drop shadow, uh, with with a inset picture of a very uh, uh, of a field with cows roaming around in it, and a farmer in the foreground looking confidently at the state at, at, out of the thing, holding his position completely still, including his smile, which occasionally slacked a little bit, and was like. Uh, uh. Those are some knocked up cow. Oh yeah. But but mostly in the vein of this whole ad made was made in a in a public broadcasting station with a VHS tape for fifty bucks, like that kind of thing. Absolutely. Like the vapor wave of bull semen ads. That's what even okay, you don't go far. That, viral, that's what local ads looked like at that point. That is the episode title. <laughs> I don't think we can top the vapor wave of bull semen ads. And in these price listings, they would have the very top of the list, you'd have names. And then below that, you'd have breeds. The, the, and the, the high, bottom the, of the list was the wonderful mixed. No, yeah. There's your wine <laughs> the very, drink. The, the very top of it is like, like you know, you get up higher towards the top and it's like, you know, this is from Toro and it's from uh, <laughs> Zeus. And then the top of it is like, and the Lord God did spake upon to Abraham. <laughs> and God shall lead us not into antiquity blue. And the I thing- said antiquity, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that works even better. I'm fine with that. And the thing that really messed me up at this point, because I'm a 14-year-old, fresh-from-church kind of kid. <laughs> like, we, we, had just, we had just spent a week staying with a family where the girls were not allowed to own pants or shorts. Ooh. Yeah, like, we're, we're talking really fundy stuff. Get out. Um, but... <laughs> Watching these ads for bull semen, and then a new one came on. Then you know, one ad break. They continue showing the episode of whatever terrible thing I was watching on the ABC. And then the, no, no <laughs> on, on Channel Seven, the then, bull semen report. And then the next episode, then the next ad break came up, and a different competing bull semen company. There was was, was it was it was it the edgier one? <laughs> To the extreme. Was, was, there like, was it like the down-home bowl of semen ad at first, you know, with the soft family-friendly music playing? You know, the, the images of the, the, the wholesome and healthy uh, Christian family. And then the next one came on, and it's really, really extreme. There's people on skateboards. <laughs> Skateboarding bowl semen ads. <laughs> one of them does a kickflip, and there's a big splotch on the bottom of the skateboard. So, this was an experience from my childhood, and I thought this was just like a one-off thing. And then Fox's dad and I had a chat about the time he spent in a more rural area of Australia for work. (laughs) And out of nowhere, he says to me, a lot of bull semen ads. (laughs) 
She's <laughs> so, a lot of ball sweeping hats. I've seen so many bits well, of hats. He never mentioned this to me. I don't imagine he would have. Why not? He knows I'd find that hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah. He knows, he knows we'd be laughing about it right now. The reason I brought it up. You weren't there where, um, I mean, you know what my dad is like normally. He's very proper. He's a, he's a stoic, no-nonsense kind of guy. Yeah. Who, even if he wasn't a responsible person by nature, has spent his entire life performing responsibility <laughs> for the sake of not being poor. On the other hand, you weren't there when my sister and my mother and I, who had always let our dad choose the name of our dogs, because we would, when we got the cat, we argued over it for nine years, yeah. and the cat never had a name. <laughs> so we had a policy of let dad choose the name of the dogs. And about 12 years later, when we were all grown up and could hear the words, he let us know that they were all acronyms, <laughs> which I should not repeat on air. Wait, for twelve, the last 12 years, you've all been wondering, <laughs> who the fuck is this cat? You've all been wondering, what did Cody stand for? No! <laughs> the thing is, I bring this up because dating sites in America have the same thing, which is the further you get away from a big city, the more likely you are to be getting ads, not for hook up with hot singles in your area now, but instead things like ex-Amish dating and uh, it's a farmer thing. I thought you were going to say bull semen. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, baby. Um, uh, I'm, you know, six foot one, uh, you know, chestnut brown hair, green eyes, and I can get you the best rates on bull semen. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a furry thing where you're going to describe an actual bull <laughs> on a dating site. Even better. Because, <laughs> you know, that that's more and of the... My sh- name is Thor! <laughs> that's more of the sharing economy, really. That 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 is the bulls, you know, working for themselves. It, it, it's, it's freeing up agility in the marketplace or something. <laughs> Holy crap, video games, eh? You say oh, this, yeah. is like, this is like... You still never did an introduction. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like that. We'll do the introduction towards the end or something, I don't know. We'll, we'll do it the the introduction. Do the end, yeah, yeah, that'll do. Oh shit, we did an introduction. Wait, no. Shit. <laughs> We're good at this. Um, though, I do owe the listener a small apology as the person who does basically all the work. Um, I didn't realize this, but my right speaker has been not <laughs> reporting audio information on my on the computer I do the edit on for about a month and a half now, which means that if the mix has been really weird and it's all biased massively towards your left ear or, or is really weirdly quiet, that's probably why. <laughs> if anything, it'd be extra loud, wouldn't it? Because you're I don't not know. hearing the full volume of it. I genuinely don't know. I do not know the outcome of the effect. And of course, I can't play them on my computer to find out what the problem is so that problem shouldn't be coming up in the next edit or anything like that but yeah i i hecked up and i'm sorry if any of y'all wonder why i hang over talent's shoulder bothering him about sound quality it's because he can have one of his speakers not working for a couple of months and not notice (laughs) listening to sabaton (laughs) and of course on my speakers they do not have the base of your monster death boxes (laughs) This is like when we were talking about Nightwish, mm. and you were like, Nightwish is really bassy. Uh, I, ha- I have a friend who has hyperacusis, and that means that she's very sensitive to certain ranges of sound. They make her physically ill. Um, and is this friend me? No, but um, you know, love it a bit. She's really cool, and I really hope that everything gets better for her soon. It is me. No. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I do love you to bits. <laughs> Um, oh, but you don't know things get better. I see. I see. I was about to go on to dunk on to her be, book. <laughs> to be but, fair, you can say you hope everything's get better for literally everyone right now. That's so. true. 
Fair, yeah. 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 There's a very small number of people for whom I think, who, for whom I hope things get worse, and I'm not going to talk about them. But in her in her hyperacuse estate, which has only come on over the past two years now, uh, she's had to deal with a lot of music she used to listen to now being um, very difficult, and oh, people trying to introduce her to new music, which she loves. She'll often ask them the question, "Is this very bassy?" And she says, "I have learned through my condition, no one on earth knows what bass is <laughs> because everyone's like, no, 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 there's not much bass in this, and it is a monster truck rally or something. It, it's it's the worst." And so she was very grateful Aww. to me when I says, like, you might like these songs. And she's like, yeah, they're very basic. I'm like, I don't know. She's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just just the rudimentary honesty of like, I don't fucking know. I'm sorry. I, yes. listen, to the, I listen to them out of a tin can. I can't tell. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, to be fair, I grew up with like an Akai Walkman with with a mono output. I, you know, I I didn't get good sound quality growing up, so I don't know what good sound quality looks like. I didn't have that learning experience. Walkman spelt with an O and an R. Yeah, <laughs> Walkman. But yeah, Fox, bull semen. Wait, that would just be Workman. It's <laughs> totally unintentional, I promise. <laughs> I'm singing it around with Borkman, you know? Workman is, of course, the Australian one, and it only plays Land Down Under. <laughs> Excuse me, and working class man. <laughs> Men at work didn't... Oh, I see what you... Uh, uh, yeah, I get it now. Um, so yeah, Fox, Rune Factory 4. The universe you collapsed to escape a baby. Yeah, no, uh, the, the baby has not invaded again yet. So. <laughs> the baby dimension invading yours. <laughs> Back to romancing my butler. <laughs> so it's a whole different take on mature Matt. <laughs> Is that butler with two T's? Three what days the baby arrives. <laughs> Three days the baby arrives. Oh no, oh no, what do I do? Go back in time. Change the course of events so the baby doesn't arrive. I'm seeing now like a really awful uh, sex education PSA which actually uses that structure about all the different things (laughs) that don't prevent the pregnancy. God of the third day. (laughs) I've got to go back and tell them that no, uh, (laughs) drinking Mountain Dew won't stop it. Oh, you know what the most depressing part of that would be? Mm. Just going online and finding out all the bullshit things people are told prevent pregnancy? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a horrifying list. Not just the ones that sound kind of truthy, like maybe that you can imagine the universe in which they might work, but then just the totally made up fucking ones. The silliest mm. one I heard was uh, drinking a cap full of bleach. Ah. Like, that'll just kill you. It might cause you to miscarry, sure. It, it, it'll probably just kill you. It'll probably just kill you. <laughs> Jesus. Ah. Anyway. Ah, yeah, that's horrible. Let's not do that. Butling. But yes. Um, Butling. What was I gonna say? Is um, this like in um in Hyrule Warriors where there's that fairy that can shrink him down and put him in a jar, so you've got a bottle butler? No. Bottle butler butler. No. So that means like you can't have. Happens. So you can't have a bottle butler battle. <laughs> Thank you, Jeb. <laughs> she's giving us a look. I think I think she's refusing to I'm, engage. I'm not participant. No. <laughs> I don't acknowledge the question, and I won't respond. She is better than our bottle button. I'm on your side on this one, Jeb. Take it, take it slow. Take care of it. Do it. I'm so not going to edit that out. You're not going to edit that out. Even I'm if I do successfully say better bottle butler bet. Fuck. <laughs> I'm not going to edit anything. I hope you, you are. hold this against you forever. <laughs> You're going to be... I, no, I, I told you I'm not engaging. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. So you're not going to talk about how you know... <laughs> I'm not going to fucking embarrass myself again. <laughs> well, I was deliberately letting you have that one if you wanted it. Yeah. I'm I did, this is my bait. 
I'm just wondering if I dive for it or if Jed's going to dive on it first. And I and I think the path. Well, I took open, the last one. Yeah, Jeb, Jeb jumped on that grenade. So what you're saying is you're bitter about the better bottled battle butler. Thank you. I told you I'm not engaging with these. <laughs> Well, these jokes have kind of gotten all over the place after we started. It's better, bottle, bitter, butter, blah, 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 spatter. I thought you were going to go for scattered. Uh, <laughs> like butter. I could just start singing Gilbert and Sullivan if that's what we're doing here. Oh, I have given him butter. Oh, yeah, good point. That's something you can make in Rune Factory, unlike baby cows. Yes. Uh, what? You can't make baby cows? No. They just stare into the is, There is no bull semen. It, there is no bull semen. In fact, there are no bulls. There are only buffamoos. Well. <laughs> But they all give milk, so... Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> all the chickens, uh, all the cluckadoodles, <laughs> lay eggs, and all the buffamoos give milk. So there you go. Well, cluckadoodle is my find-a-farmer profile name. <laughs> Look, I'd just like to say, if you stick a bucket underneath it and that bucket fills up with white stuff, I don't need to know the mechanisms quite per se... But I'm just saying, that can happen with both bulls and cows. Yeah, but you can't always make it into butter or pudding. No, no, you can't. Well, you probably can't always make it into pudding, but... That... Yeah, that's something That's that's something for a very specific brand <laughs> of advertising. And we're going to move on now. Anyway, so Fox has been playing Rune Factory 4. Yes, um, <laughs> and yeah, you, you can't breed any of the animals, which is kind of nice, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Rune Factory specifically, you go out and catch them. Oh. It's, it's a tiny bit Pokemon, but not a lot of Pokemon. Uh, it's, it's just a case of, okay, what you literally have to do is go out and throw presents at their heads until they decide they like you. And if they happen to be particularly high level or you already have a bunch of that animal, you can, you can just be throwing endless stacks of crap. <laughs> Damn it! Fucking cheap like me! <laughs> but one of the cheapest things you can get that's just really things? plentiful in the world is iron ore. <laughs> so it, it really does wind up as like I basically literally wind up throwing like 50 rocks at this thing's face to try and get it to like you. So sheep are masochists. All animals are masochists, apparently. Or stockpiling iron ore for the inevitable animal revolution. And are like fairies and slimes and wasps and... Well, I mean, yeah, where do you think animals come from? Some of them could talk. Well, yeah, where do you think dogs come from? <laughs> There's a couple of interesting exceptions, by the way. Um, one of which is uh, in the snowy area when you get there, you find a wolf lying on the ground and it doesn't attack you. You're like, what's wrong with the wolf? And it's hungry. So if you throw food at its face, it's like, argh, argh, I am fed again. I will follow you forever. Aw. It's awesome. Good. Now I have a wolf. And I enjoyed how it took advantage of um, the fact that you can't throw basically anything in this game at anything in this game. <laughs> it the- doesn't, like, prompt you to give it food or anything. It's just, like, it looks really hungry. And you're like, oh, this is a mechanic I might know how to engage with. Yes! Nice. And Jeb, uh, Final Fantasy, World of Thinging, hoodies and tonberries? Or as, uh, or have you been low-key on video gaming lately? Uh, nope. Uh, I've been playing a whole bunch of Final Fa- World of Final Fantasy and still owns... <laughs> I have seen some screenshots now. It is exceptionally cu- well. The monsters are exceptionally cute. Yeah, the the the, ton, the Christmas tonberry is freaking great. I, <laughs> I love that. That is so cute. Yes, tonberries are the bitter, bitter rivals of quanchos. Now, what is that quancho? Quanchos are the deep sea dwelling uh, race of lesbian penguins. <laughs> okay. Well, this took a turn. I, I know I wasn't expecting this to wind up where it is already, but go on. Is that in their official description? Well, the, their queen hates all men and just, uh, just <laughs> banned them from her kingdom. Her queendom. Well, that'll do it. Yep, all right. Now, definitely I have not yet, ca- I have not yet captured the Quancho Queen. I have not yet captured the Quancho Queen, but I can. Quancho Queen. 
<laughs> Sorry, do I need to stop here while you guys do another pun run? No, no, no. We're behaving. We're behaving. Quancho. <laughs> uh, I've got, I've got a Quancho. I've got a Snow Quancho, and I've got uh, the the two royal attendant Quanchos, Miney and Mo. Do they do they come in? Do they come in the uh, form of of like you know cowboys? Well, cowgirls. No, that's Tifa. Uh, I'm just saying because then I see what you're doing. Then you could have Rancho, yeah, Poncho, Poncho. Yeah, I can't yeah. mind. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was reaching. Does it not help that they're queer Quancho Honchos then? <laughs> nah, I was supposed to be above this. What have I done? Yes, yes, we know what you are. When, when you're when you're when when you have your Quancho uh, strolling with you, that's one of the abilities that you're. Your, your Final Fantasy Pokemons can have this um, stroll, which lets them walk around beside you, and they find hidden things. But when the Quanchos, because the penguins are walking around beside you, they don't walk. Yeah. They don't waddle. They slide on their bellies. Ah! <laughs> also, there are jet-powered sharks. <laughs> okay, this game does sound pretty awesome. And it's PlayStation 4 and Vita? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's cool. You have just reminded me that there are also penguins in Rune Factory. <laughs> And one of the things I learned about it recently is that some of the name suggestions are perfect. Oh. Are I have there, a penguin hey. called Mr. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what her middle name is. <laughs> She's not a Quancho queen. Okay. Uh, um, but there is a an enemy, sorry, an enemy using the same model, but a recolor, which is just called Big Duck. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> Sorry, Did I hear laser sharks? No, jet-powered sharks. Jet-powered sharks, even better. Jet-powered don't, sharks. Don't, be, don't be silly, laser sharks. Puh, pish. Lasers are basically uh, non-contact. Yeah, jet-powered cool. jet jungle camo sharks. All right. And in the description, it says, wait, how does jungle camo... Look, don't argue. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I don't want to. I actually don't want to say too much more about it because spoilers. Because I hope more people play this game because it's surprisingly excellent. <laughs> it really does make me want to get my hands on a current gen PlayStation thing, and this is a sensation I have not experienced before. Hmm. I've also been watching uh, someone's uh, archives of, uh, of, uh, of an early access, late early access title called Factorio. Ah, uh, yes. I have heard. Well, and Factorio is kind of amazing. Yeah, my, uh, are you familiar with? Fact- are, you, on, are you familiar with like the the Minecraft mods like that make for factory building and stuff like that? I'm aware of them. Factorio is basically that, like in a 2D surface level planet game. Yeah. Um, you you've crash light, crash landed on an alien planet, and you need to build a rocket to get back to space. All when you crash land on there, you have a coal burning or a, a fuel burning drill and some hand tools. So then industry happens. Yeah, you've got like one person automation the entire thing, right? Oh yeah. Uh, you set up eventually. You set up like massive like drilling. Like, you find your resource, you set your drills down, use that to make more drills, you use the drills, you, you get more resources to make um, make furnaces, you use the furnaces to make stuff, to make steam engines, and you make electricity, and then eventually you're refining oil, and you're burning the oil to make more fuel. But, here's the thing, you also make a carbon footprint. Hello. Oh shit, I was just about to make a joke about it, and then the Lorax shows up. <laughs> and what happens, it turns out, is that the planet you're on is inhabited by a native, like, insectoid species that consumes carbon. Huh. So the more you generate, the more in trouble you get? Well, the, the bigger and the more, and the, the more will it, more apt they are to uh, approach your 
uh, facility. Okay. Are they necessarily aggressive? Well, I mean, like they're 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 confused animals that are faced with a bunch of loud noises and strange bur- strange lights and heat signatures everywhere. Hmm. Oh boy. So no, not necessarily uh, aggressive, but defensive, really. Yeah. Well, they're they're doing what animals normally would, and plus, there's it smells like there's a whole lot of food over there. Oh dear. <laughs> because right. you're. And also, they get bigger and more evolved as you produce more. Aha. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. That sounds really neat. Also, I really have to go and turn a fan on right now because sure. someone got here early. Yep. See, for me, Factorio is a game that I mostly saw as my friends were coming out of it in that they were like, oh, I've lost so much time to Factorio this month. I've really got to stop playing this game. Um, it's not necessarily one person. There's also uh, apparently pretty good multiplayer. Okay. So you could... Multiple titans of industry, <laughs> and you can have like people who like building systems that are about de- depleting carbon reserves, and some people who are like all about making giant well, smokestacks and stuff. Right? You don't want to. You don't want to. Like you could, like you could use cleaner fuel sources, I guess, like to make <laughs> electricity. But you but, need to be able to get uh, attract uh, the the alien life forms because their hives produce artifacts that you use for later level technology. Oh, I see. Oh, this sounds like it's a game you could get lost in so easily. Well, actually, the the more I watch it, the more like, wow, this is like the this is like the precursor to to an RTS. Yeah, yeah, like this is the way you set up. Like, hey, we have all these resources distributed all around the planet, and we have this enemy force that wants to rip our heads off. Yeah, I can see that. It's like, well, eventually you can build things like cars, and you get in the car, and the the car has has a gun, and you, you can build from inside your car. That's pretty the cool. car, of course, needs fuel, but um, I've also watching my watching the, the my friend uh, friend stream archive of this. Um, you could tr- you could cut down trees manually with like your hand tools or whatnot. Yeah, or, or you can drive your car into them. Well, that'll damage your car. Oh, but okay. you could all instead use the what I have unofficially dubbed the the forestry shotgun. <laughs> it's a shotgun. <laughs> And that's it? <laughs> it's a shotgun. Yep. <laughs> now hang Why on, we've all spend... seen this Mythbusters episode. <laughs> For sufficiently but, fragile trees. Well, if you shoot them enough, it's, fa- it's faster than, than, than cutting them down by hand. <laughs> you can't argue with a man's logic. Now, I have a retro gaming news lined up for us. It what have you done about games? Yeah, hang on. What have you been playing? What uh, What do you think? I've been playing the uh, swindle. You've been playing a whole lot of the swindle. I I learned that there is a certain minimum time that the that Dan Marshall has seen players hit, and I'm wondering how close to that I can get. So I've been kind of not quite speed running, but time running, but like day speed. Oh, minimum time to complete. I thought you meant minimum play time, and I'm like, yeah, I'm what? No, on sweetie. That. I I think it's time to accept that that will never happen. Yeah, for you. I'm somewhere near 500 hours of swindle. <laughs> I really like the game. Yeah, Coming it's soon excellent. to Awesome Games Done Quick. <laughs> it's less like it's how you normally engage with a video game and more like, you know, this is your Minesweeper, this is yeah. your Solitaire, this is the thing that's on your computer where if you're a bit bored and you don't have anything else to do or you just need a distraction, this is what you turn on. I also don't have anything to prove to it. So if I fail at a, at a swindle or if I mess up a heist because I got distracted by something or someone needed me, it's like, oh, so what? Exactly. Oh, also, I replayed Space Plan. Stay tuned for when Talon gets Sonic 2, which came out today. Dishonored 2. Ooh, I did not know that was today. I was holding my breath on that one for a while. Yes, Dishonored 2 came out today. Well, the 11th, so I assume it's 11th there. Yeah. Yeah. Do they actually, does it launch on the 11th here, or? 
I don't know. I don't know when I'll get it. It'll happen. I'm sure. I don't know, but anybody who pre-ordered it got to play it on its tenth. So yeah, which is today. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're gonna pre-order stuff. Yeah, Dis- Dishonored Two is a thing. I'm looking forward to getting to play it. I'm trying to be patient and not wig out about it. Anyway, and wait and wait for it to work. Yeah. Um. There's a an idle no, game. Is it all buggy? I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, well, that'll happen. So with, disappointing. The original game was buggy. Well, okay, sure, but there's buggy and there's buggy. The original game's ghost was one of the hardest things in the world because players because there was a bug that did let you save or reload. Yeah, but that's not the kind of bug that's like, well, you don't want to play this at launch. Ah, yeah, true. That's a hugely different scenario. True, true. But um, I also play replayed an old uh, web browser idle game called Space Plan. And Space Plan is a very rudimentary little itch.io game where you uh, make a potato-powered uh, energy inco- energy economy uh, that lets you collapse the universe back on itself and go back in time to save Earth. Hey. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's an adorable little thing. It'll take you a couple of hours to play just because it's an idle game. But you'll be like, you know, play for a little bit, come back to it, play for a little bit, come back to it kind of thing. Um, it's funny. Like, it is genuinely giggle-worthy funny. And I think my favorite point of comedy about the whole thing is you get a leaderboard when you've finished it, and the leaderboard is for people who've donated money. Like, <laughs> it doesn't care how well you did the game. It's just like, hey, you do- you you donated five euro. You are position N on the leaderboard of giving me money. <laughs> Which, for a free game, I found really weirdly endearing. <laughs> Uh, it's a pleasant alternative to score-based leaderboards, but I can say that as someone who doesn't give a shit about scores. Yeah. You know, listener, if you're willing to give us money, we will put you on a leaderboard <laughs> yeah. if you so desire. Oh, on yeah, DLC for sure. Leaderboard, yes. Um, next up, I have our retro gaming news. And Da-da-da-da. It's kind of a good one. So. And now it's time for retro gaming news. All the news that's been printed for the year of 2001. Brought to you by Achuka Farming Supplies. The finest crayons, brew semen, and rocks to throw at the faces of animals everywhere. So, 2001, the Xbox and the Game Boy Advance fresh in the eyes and minds of the consumer. This is the period where a whole bunch of different franchises came out and a lot of, like, one-hit wonder games that could never be followed up. Yeah, GBA time, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, just some stuff that's not going to come up, by the way. Like, I'm not I'm not going to mention the individual <laughs> games when they come up. This is when the first Animal Crossing game came out. This is when Halo Combat Evolved came out. This is when Jack and Dexter, the Precursor Legacy, came out. Tropico, Ghost Recon, Pikmin, and Cold War Crisis. So... Using up some good ones here. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know I've used up some good ones. So, first up, we have a Capcom franchise game on the PlayStation 1. On the PlayStation 1? On the PlayStation, yep. Street Fighter Alpha? Capcom. This, was the, this was when the game got ported to the Nintendo 64 and Windows. Okay. Oh, this is Resident Evil? Nope. Nope, nope. Think, think cuter. Think, well, think NES era, really. Like the franchise started on the NES, I think. Unless there was something before the NES, and there was like a zero in the series. Well, this game already has a zero. <laughs> it's not oh, Resident Evil. It's a Mega Man. It's a Mega Man. It's Mega Man Legends. Sure, sure. Wow, that was on the 64 and the PC. Yes. Huh. What? Uh, the, yeah, there were PC and N64 ports of Mega Man Legends. <clears throat> it stars a different spiritual incarnation of Mega Man named Mega Man yeah. Volnut. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think relates to bull semen. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have a stealth. By game. the way, I am I am the person who will, to the end to this day, say that Mega Man Legends fucking sucks. <laughs> you know what we have to do? We have to rename all our Patreon tiers. Yeah. 
<laughs> that much bull semen. I was saying, uh, one, one of them can be world ending demon child. <laughs> and I assume one of them can be Mega Man Legends Ada. <laughs> oh, and the top tier can be Steve. Right. Um, but next up, we have a stealth game where you play a time traveling, I think, cyborg, where, amongst other things, this game had a really nice system for demonstrating enemy health. Whenever you struck them, damage sparks would come off them in decreasing colors. So the first hit would be a green spark, the next hit would be a yellow spark, and then when they were very close to death and you punched them, you'd get a red spark off them. Like, the the, comp, the punch splashes actually were color-coded to the damage dealt. Um, it had a very short name. It has wanted a sequel. People have been asking for a sequel for a good long time, but it's not happening. It hasn't been re-released. Um, I don't think I know it. Uh, any any hope there, Jeb, if I tell you that the protagonist is named Conoco? What? Conoco. Is this Piano 3? No, it's developed by Bungie Software, distributed by... It's Oni. It's, it's, it's Oni. It's Oni. Oni's combat system fucking rocks. <laughs> I did not know she did much punching. I thought it was all guns and... It's not all guns. But yeah, the damage sparks being color-coded to, to damage... How, how, how close the thing is to death is such a smart bit of design. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin was showing it to me just um, last month and I was kind of, you know, stunned. We didn't... Like, why Why didn't this become standard? There's a Fletcher somewhere going, I told you about this! You never listen! <laughs> Next up, we have a Sonic Team MMO... On a failed console. Sonic Team made an MMO? They're on the cover of the box. Fantasy Star Online? Yeah, it's Fantasy Star Online. Oh, like their logo is on the front of the box. It was developed by Sonic Team. (laughs) No, but you said that Sonic Team is on the front of the box. There are two ways you can read that. Well, Sonic Team is is the developer. Yeah. The developing house. Yeah, Yeah, no, I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, Fantasy Star Online, about which I know nothing now. You could also mean that the people in that development house were on the box, and that was what my brain heard, you see? Ah, yes. I know I've seen some pretty fucking amazing stuff about Fantasy Star Online 2. <laughs> I've seen some people talk about losing months of their lives to Fantasy Star Online 2. I've seen, but... I've seen like, event missions where you go to uh, fight, uh, like, World War II era battleships, and... Um, what? Okay. As you're, as you're, like, you know, running out along the shore, like, bulldozers and, like, fighter jets and, like, dinosaurs will spawn in to fight you as you're being shelled by the battleship. <laughs> and then you get to the battleship and, like, you have to get in your giant robot suit to fight the battleship because this is an MMO. Start online too. All right. Yeah, and it's uh, an MMO that is still, like, cult enough that people will buy a GameCube copy of that thing if you happen to have one. Yeah, and if you have a Dreamcast well, copy of it. Well, I don't know about Fantasy Star Online 1, but I know about Fantasy yeah, Star Online 2. Yeah. I, I played I... Fantasy Star Online 0. It's it's not good. <laughs> it's 3D on the DS. Not the 3DS, oh, but the DS. So it's just, yeah. like, ugly, blocky, naff. Mm. So... Next up, we have an RPG uh, in a franchise that wasn't normally RPGs, but there was one before it. It wasn't a sequel, though. Uh, It uses a stock protagonist who is pursuing a stock villain to rescue a stock damsel. Like, these characters are basically the iconic stock examples of what they are in video games at this point. (laughs) And do you say it's an RPG, but it's not normally an RPG? The franchise is normally a platformer. It's it's Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. It's Paper Mario. Of course it is. Yeah, and uh, the or not Thousand Year Door. Sorry. Yeah, it's just Paper Mario. After. 
But the thing I love about this is the uh, typically speaking, when you look at a game on Wikipedia for these kind of entries, the first paragraph before the table of contents is usually very brief. It's just it, well, it's, it's one paragraph. In this case, there are three paragraphs. It's about five hundred words <laughs> explaining how Paper Mario is related to all the other games with Paper Mario in their name, dismissing that it is not the first Mario RPG because Super Mario <laughs> RPG came first. And it's just it's just really interesting that this one little game uh, just so important. Um, also. Weirdly, it got ported to the iQue player in 2004. What? I don't know. But in 2004, the iQue player... Oh, wait, no. I know what the iQue is. It's the Chinese uh, N64, which is really, really hard to pirate because all the they have to be internet connected and they get periodically checked. That's what... Yeah, I remember you talking to me about this. I just didn't recognize it at first because it was iQue the first time. That's right, the iQue. But God knows how you're supposed to say it because we don't know jack about Jenny. I thought, yeah. I thought I, iQue was like the sound that a, that a chocobo makes when it's, when it's sold out to <laughs> Apple. No, no, that, that's a... <laughs> I, I believe that's a Hispanic chocobo and the I is an upside down exclamation point. iQue! Anyway, um, next up, we have an auteur-driven first-person shooter survival horror game developed by EA. Uh, uh, it says it's auteur-driven. The auteur in question was consulted in shaping the game's plot, background lore, and voiced one of the characters. It follows the adventures of the 1920s Irish paranormal adventure Patrick Galloway, investigating a mysterious occult happening at the estate of his friend Jeremiah Covenant. So that's uh, <laughs> Cardinal John Patrick Turalura Fields of Athenry Galloway. <laughs> who is a World War One veteran, which I, you don't see that many World War One veterans in video games who aren't Hitler. Um, is this like a, this like a <laughs> sequel to Alone in the Dark? No. Actually, I would really like to see this auteur work on a sequel to Alone in the Dark. I think he could do a lot of good with it, but I'm, I'm afraid that I think that that, that particular uh, opportunity this, has passed. Is this... Um... No, no, he's still alive, this, my bad. Is this Jericho? Oh, uh, you're so close. You've got the right auteur. It's Clive Barker. Um, ah, that's Clive Barker. I could not pick out the name. It's Clive Barker's Undying, which he did right, before Jericho. Right, okay. Yeah, and the thing that startled me about this was finding out that it got made. I thought Jericho was the very first time Clive Barker got involved in video games. Mm-mm. Did he not write his name big enough on Undying? <laughs> it's called Clive Barker's Undying. <laughs> okay. You mean Clive Barker's Undying, a Clive Barker game? By Clive Barker. <laughs> Next. It's a general rule I have when buying books that if the author's name is bigger than the title, it's probably not worth getting. <laughs> not always true, but just not, not a bad heuristic. Now, you remember how Pokemon Red and Blue blazed the trail for Game Boy games to basically hide content from one uh, version of a game to put in the other? <laughs> is this um, the Oracle of Zeldas? Yes, it is. It is indeed. It's the Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons and Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages, which everything else aside has a very cute link. Oh, yeah, he's okay. Yeah. I was thinking of the one who's in a game who, who looks pretty much as meh as all the other 2D links. Well, yeah, you're not big on 2D link. <laughs> but the art one is very cute. Your, your link needs depth. I, I just don't like tubby long nose link. <clears throat> I should not mind the long nose. 64 link as a grown up has a very long nose and I was never, uh, I never had a problem with that. Next. So really, I, I, I shamelessly am anti-fat link. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible <laughs> person. Next up, we have a game that, although visually similar to the developer's family oriented plat- Nintendo 64 platform games, features to design. Conquer. Yep. <laughs> it's Conquer. <laughs> it's Conquer's <laughs> Bad Fur Day. Wow, Jeb. You're on fire. Yeah. Features graphic violence, alcohol and tobacco use, profanity, vulgar 
humor and pop culture references, which explains why Conker has endured throughout the years. Oh, yeah, it's a classic. It's so, continue to be so relevant. The thing that blows me out is that this was published in the EU by THQ. In fact, I heard Conker and the Stick of Truth was a great game. I... I like THQ mostly because they're responsible for Saints Row 3. Like, I really like Saints Row 3. So whenever I go back in in history now and see THQ, it's a lot like learning that your friend had this very checkered past (laughs) full of just the worst decisions. Like, yeah, I totally sank all my money into Dreamcast stock. That thing's going places. (laughs) Well, back in 2006, I got three mortgages. Uh... Isn't funny anymore. Yeah. Next up. I well, yeah. Even that was me. Self started out in a pretty shameful place, like trying to be the budget's uh, Grand Theft Auto. That's. I yeah. I will give Saints Row One this one smart. The protagonist was nicknamed Player, so the voice actors could all use a name for you, and it worked. And contextually, in universe, it wasn't silly. You didn't have anyone really stretching the dialogue to make. Hawk. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have a party game developed by Sonic Team and Hudson Soft and published by Sega for the Dreamcast video game console. Sonic Shuffle. Sonic Shuffle? Yes. <laughs> it was published in 2001 in PAL territory. Otherwise, it was in, uh, yeah, 2001. And it was broadly recognized as being every bit as good as Mario Party, which is why there are now 12 Sonic Shuffles. <laughs> it's a universally beloved franchise. <laughs> Next up, we have a first-person shooter video game that was noteworthy for helping pull together online communities to play it together. It used bots as a core part of the game rather than as a mod, and it had multiple free expansion packs, which were then bundled with it in a re-release. Hmm. It used Nope. It used a engine that was designed for this game uh, and has since become a bedrock part of the gaming industry. Are we too late for Unreal at this no, point? No, you are in fact spot on the right Unreal? time for Unreal. This is Unreal Tournament. And it was a big deal that Unreal Tournament shipped with bots because there was always this argument back in the back in the early 2000s competitive Quake scene, and I can't believe I can talk about this authoritatively, <laughs> that bots suck because bots ultimately... Yeah, funnily enough, designing hard AI is not actually very easy for a casual developer to do. It's not wrong. AI is really fucking hard to make if it's actually AI rather than just... I mean, an entirely scripted pattern, that's not too hard. But, mm, but you know, anything that feels responsive is really difficult. Yeah, and the challenge we always had, as amateur, you know, amateur developers complained about this, was why doesn't a game come with bots? Well, the answer was if a professional software developer put out bots, they would also suck and it would look like the bots were impossible. So it's better for them to be third party. Just that it would take them shitloads of time if they had to do bots as well as the main game. Yeah, Unreal Tournament. Speaking of someone who's done a few game jams now, PvP is the easiest thing. Yeah. You do not have to make both sides of that game. Yeah. Now, Unreal Tournament compensated for this by putting bots on both teams. So you, you couldn't just... Your be, team sucks too. Yeah, yeah. And that meant that bots bots could be somewhat optimized to attack bots, which meant that if your enemy team was entirely bots, you're, you basically were having to spend a large portion of your time keeping your bots from being farmed. <laughs> which you could do by still playing normal FPS strategy, but it meant that there was less of... It, it was a good idea. It was a really good yeah. idea. Next up, we have the, I guess, spiritual child of Duke Nukem, who in a weird way... Matt a, No... Uh, who I believe kind of rose above Duke Nukem. Ah, Samus. <laughs> you were almost right. Oh my god, sorry. I'm just Seriously, imagining yeah. the like drunken, burned out, middle-aged version of Samus being like, yeah, fuck it, after other M and all went a bit wrong. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Jeb's right, it's serious Sam. 
Cool, cool. Which largely kept the high-paced kinetic feel of a Doom game, combined it with the sense of humor of a Duke game, and was just by dint of not making the same gross jokes, kind of just a nicer character. Right. Also had a, also had a fantastic anti-pirate submission. Oh yeah, what was that? It was a giant pink death scorpion. Oh, that's right. If you played if you played the game pirated, a giant pink death scorpion would come along and uh, chase and you everywhere. Out. Yeah. Did it come along after a certain point in the game so you could get invested first, and then it was like, you thought we didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And by the way, the listener, Ellie is trying to get under his blanket again. <laughs> how can you not? It can't, this is the dog with the pointiest nose in the world, and he can't work out how to nose his way under a blanket. <laughs> I'm not supposed to dig. But I have to dig. My life is... My life is a constant, is a constant puzzle. Whippets are lovely dogs, but they are not an intelligent breed. <laughs> a, a friend of mine has a whippet crossed with a um, border collie. Border collie, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said she, she's a lovely dog, but she will sit there and just lick the window all day. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> <clears throat> but yes, the first Serious Sam game, which started that franchise off. Next up, we have a PlayStation 2 release of a Namco franchise character game, which is a little weird because this character is kind of kind of under the radar, clearly designed to want to be in the whole Sonic Crash Bandicoot kind of fun fight. Yeah, it's a it's a Klonoa game. Uh, Klonoa 2, Lunatea's Veil. Uh, it was really weird. Like, they did do a big push to try and get a bunch of Klonoa games out there. But the Klonoa games never had the sort of impressive burnout failure of, of um, similar <laughs> attempts at, at franchise characters. But Well, he was never... You know how Mario is the enduring character of the the Sega versus Nintendo period? Mm-hmm. And part of that is that he was never, ever cool. Yeah. And he was never trying to be. Klonoa was never cool. Like, yeah. he may have had a cap that was on backwards in some of his incarnations, but that was the most attached to his time period that he ever was. Hey, Fox. Mostly he's just cute and fluffy. Fox, on the cover of this one, he has his cap on backwards. Mm-hmm. He's holding a golden ring and he is riding a snowboard. Oh, the ring is his weapon. In a river. Oh, wait, okay, I forget. I forgot that he boarded. Okay, yeah. that's very 90s. Yeah. I'll give you that. Next up, we have what has been argued to still be one of the best multiplayer shooters ever made. If it's not Tribes 2, I'm quitting. Jeb, you are staying with the podcast. Wow. Yes. Tribes 2... Because, your... because, because that is the only acceptable answer to what is the best <laughs> multiplayer shooter ever. Every other answer is wrong. Is this the one where you it's like sci-fi faction based and mm. someone's being the aliens? No, no, no. That that's no. natural selection. Ah. Tribes is much simpler. It really is blue team versus red team. But But there's skiing to make you go super fast and then you launch yourself into the air. And you fly and you have a jetpack. Where the hell is it called tribes? Um, that sounds like a 4X game that wasn't that there's, popular. There's lore. There's, there's lore. Yeah. It, it also started as a Star Siege game. Mm-hmm. And Star Siege was a giant mecha fighting game Sierra owned as a franchise. Right. Based on, cause, okay, so there was this game called Earth Siege, which was Sierra's attempt to make a mech warrior game. And uh-huh. it, it didn't do so well. And they made an RTS based off that called Star Siege. And Star Siege didn't do too well. But then they made a team-based squad shooter off that called Star Siege Tribes. And it was pretty good. And then they decided, what if we just really lean into this and accidentally create one of the greatest games of all time? And then they made Stars, and then they made Tribes 2. 
and Tribes 2 is still going. Tribes 2 has... The, the developers of the original game released the source code and the modding programs that they were using um, after the game was released to make patches. There are apparently people who have basically restructured the language of the entire game. It is now <laughs> effectively a fan-owned community project, which still runs on games today and is still getting regular texture and map updates. That's pretty amazing. It is. Tribes it's 2 still has, just a bizarre oh, fucking name. Tribes 2 has outlasted multiple Tribes series reboots. In fact, Tribes 2 lasted longer and is still going than the wait for Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> um, uh, mechanically, mechanically, uh, mechanically, you have three types of um, robot suits that you wear, either the, the light, the medium, or heavy. Uh, the light ones do your typical go really fast and point your gun at the, the bad guys. And then when they point their gun at the bad guys, they put a marker on them. And what that marker does is it lights them up for the ones in the heavy suits. And then what the heavy suits do is launch fucking mortars at them at 200 miles an hour. <laughs> the Wait, the, hang on. You're in robot suits and you're on skis? Yeah. Yes. Um, the, the, uh, and the thing the, is... The hallmark this... weapon of, 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 the, of the Tribe series is the... Uh, the, the, I can't remember what they actually call it, but it's blue plate. And yeah. it's not a hit scan weapon. Mm. It's a physics weapon. It's a disc that goes out and comes back. And, and, and Which means you can't shoot it while it's out. No, right, right. Which means while somebody's arcing well, no, through the air. You no, know, you shoot them because that's a blue plate special. Yeah. You, you, you fucking hit them. You learn to hit motherfuckers with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a game that makes lead time super important. It makes predicting arcs and knowing you'll. Basically, it when is. When you're a going really... at 200 miles an hour. Yeah. And, and, and then. The, 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 and you have a jetpack. And the fact that characters could move so fast <laughs> that maps could be enormous. And it also meant that textures could be really low res because you're not going to look at them because you're going 200 <laughs> miles an hour. Uh, that does sound in many ways the opposite of the, the current standard for FPS. Oh, yes. oh, there yes. are fan-written books about tribes, clan fights, fictionalizations wow. as, like, war diaries. <laughs> tribes... And now, the absolute most 90s thing about Starship, about Star Siege Tribes 2 is Motley Crue recorded a song for the game that was never released. <laughs> That's beautiful. All right. Next up, to, we have a game that sold large numbers of units because it came with a demo of an unrelated game. Uh, un this, would, this would be... Yes, Jeb? Um, this would be Zone of the Enders. Yes, it's Zone of the Enders. Like, I thought Never that was an obscure bit of trivia, but no. Oh, fuck what no. did that come with a demo for? Metal Gear Solid, Solid 2. 2, Sons of Liberty. Oh, okay. That's going to do it. Yeah. Calling it unrelated isn't really accurate. It's still a Kojima game. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And Zone of the End is, is a very Kojima game, if only you could, if only because the mechas have gigantic <laughs> robo wings. Giant, they have literal cockpits. <laughs> And I mean, I, someone pointed out to me, it would make sense. Like, why would you put a pilot in a delicate part of the of, of the top of a, of a thing? Why like, would you put it in, in, <laughs> in a giant protruding penis? Well, they're, they're, they're meant to be in the back of it towards the trunk of the body. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> why do you need the front part? The uh, the good thing about uh, Zoe the Enders is that um, the, the mecha, uh, she fucking hates you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like piloting GLaDOS. <laughs> That's amazing. Less less passive aggressive. Aww. More aggressive. But in the aggressive. sequel, in, but in the sequel, in, in the sequel, yeah. Uh, you see, in the sequel, you're playing uh, a much better character. Um, <laughs> you're playing Dingo Egret. 
And <laughs> Dingo Egret owns, so... A, K- a Kojima game, you say? <laughs> that, wow, that... I mean, wow. Dingo and, and he is so he's so, he so great that even the, the mecha gets along with him. Because he's not that spoiled brat. Not, not that whiny brat. Um, but, but, interestingly enough, a bit of uh, Zone of the Enders trivia is that in Zone of the Enders 2, you fight the Vic Viper. The what? The Vic Viper. Huh. What's that? Talon? I, 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 I'm trying to work out what you said. The Vic, Vic Viper? The Vic Viper. I, the ship I, from Gradius. Holy crap, really? Yes. Huh. I have not played Gradius enough, like, to not recognize the name. Well, Speaking you know the of player record- two, You know what the Player <laughs> 2 ship in Gradius is called? No. The Lord British. <laughs> well, speaking of recognizing the name and British developers, oh, I was just going to say the only other thing I remember about Zone of the Enders, aside from Robot Wang, is uh, in the GBA version at least, there is one of your like super uber bishonen characters straight up looks like a girl, and the game contradicted itself on gender a few times. Oh no! So this well, character the- may have been of interest. To some of our listeners, I think it was supposed to be a boy, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, do with that what you will, fan base. The Zone of the Enders games have notoriously awful translations. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Kojima's writing. What are you going to. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> speaking no, of. No, I mean, even for his writing, this was. The translation was ridiculous. All right. So, speaking of British and rec- recognizing the name Black and uh, White. Black and White. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a Pete Molyneux uh, special. It is what it is. I love Black and White. Yeah. <laughs> I legitimately love that game. It's basically like Tamagotchi meets Oculus. Pet. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's, it is a sweet uh, idea. Uh, memory leak issues aside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we should have didn't work aside. It's like... But hey, it had free DLC. And and really, that's kind of the thing with uh with Molyneux work. The shit that doesn't work aside. It's like <laughs> Well, they do manage to produce consistently inter well, traditionally they manage to produce consistently interesting things. Black and white even as buggy as they were. Black and white is in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most complex AI of a video game character. Wow. I don't know if it's still, still there. Right. Uh, Probably also- not. <laughs> It also won multiple awards from the British Academy of Film and Television Arts. So, you know, go them. <laughs> Next up, we have... Okay, I was, th- I was considering dicking you around on this one because Mario Tennis also came out this year and I don't, and I was going to you know, bait and switch on you. But no, this is a sports game featuring mm-hmm. a franchise character... Mega Man Soccer. <laughs> ...who is definitely not cool. Mega uh, Man Soccer. No, <laughs> but he's primarily known for newspaper comics. No, oh, damn. You can say Klonoa Beach Volleyball for a second there, no. but you threw me with the newspaper yep. comics. Newspaper comics. American newspaper comics on the Game Boy Advance. I'm oh. oh, sorry, on the Game Boy Color. This is an American newspaper comic that made it to uh Australia. Like, do I know yeah. what this is or is you, one of those you know this you know this one. This is a well known No, not Garfield. About as well known as Garfield. Oh wow. Like what was the what was the iconic compatriot dog? Like Snoopy? Yes. There's a Snoopy sports game? There is a Snoopy tennis on the Game Boy oh, Color. Nice. Because Mermaid Studios and Infogrames had money and Atari well, published it. Snoopy had a had a Olympic like a like a yeah. the Snoopy Olympics game, which was things like uh carrying pizza boxes without falling over. The game has a positive reception on game rankings, um, but it doesn't technically have a Metacritic score because it has only ever had two reviews, both of which give it eighty five percent. Good. 
Excellent. Next up, we have the N64 expansion of a Game Boy Nintendo game. Pokemon Stadium. Ah, uh, close. Stadium 2? No. Ah. Not Pokemon, different franchise. But it was a really good Game Boy game that then got an N64 game. Is it a separate game then? You said expansion. Oh, yeah, not an expansion. My bad. My bad. Uh, expansion in the in the right. conventional sense. Well, I shall a... not be penalized for my previous two answers then. Yes, you I did. was misled by the officials. Yep. I'm underducting I'm underducting your your points there. Yep. Um, it was released along with Panel Day Pon and Yoshi's Cookie in a GameCube video game called the Nintendo Puzzle Collection in 2003, which was only released in Japan. I don't know what Yoshi's Cookie is, but I really want to. <laughs> Yoshi's Cookie is, uh, um, it's a match three. Oh, okay. I hope it's uh, wait, so what, wait, what were these again? Okay, was this three Wario's Woods? This one? No. This game, okay. Panel Dippon and Yoshi's Cookie. Okay, hold on. This was a 64 game, though. Yes. So it was an independent, like, it, it wasn't a bundled release at first, right? No, no, not at first. At first, this game, well, this game is, it's a Mario game. It's just which which type of Mario game. No, is it a Dr. This, Mario game? Yeah, game? it's right. Dr. Mario 64. Also, it was a Dr. Mario, isn't it? I think it's a, is it match three or is it a line Match one? four. Okay. Match four. Well, I was going to say a columns type game, but then I realized <laughs> match three is probably the modern parlance for that anyway. Uh, also, Silphied came out in 2001, but I don't know anything about Silphied. I just remember hearing people saying, oh my god, I loved Silphied. So, also, the Wikipedia page is really unhelpful. For what? Silphied? Yeah. Silphied the Lost Planet. All right, listener, if you are or know any Silphied fans, apparently the wiki page needs work. Uh, it, it includes the line, as expected from a treasure game, there are many bosses in Silphied the Lost Planet. That, well, that's a reasonable thing to state. Yeah. It does tell you that it's a treasure game, so that's some information. Uh, about half time spent playing the game consists of bosses big and small. <laughs> just saying this wikipedia page needs some work and i don't know a damn thing about Silphied, so I'm, I'm not in a position to make any sassy jokes about it so to be clear they have not actually told you what kind of a game this is nope it's a, it's a shmup okay cool uh-huh all it's right a, next up we have an oh sorry i think it's a shmup it's a treasure okay uh next up we have an open world racing video game developed by kenji kano and his team at hitmaker and published by sega what the fuck is open world racing <laughs> Hell if I know. I didn't play this game. This is on a Dreamcast. Who no, it's played? Crazy Taxi. Yes, yes. Oh, I was okay. gonna say, no one played oh, this game. Oh, that's what open world racing is. It's like it's an open world driving game with yes, like time limited now challenges. This isn't the original release of the game in two thousand and one. This is the PlayStation two re release. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Uh, there was a Disney Atlantis: The Lost Empire game. Oh nope. come on! I could have gotten that. You wouldn't have because you wouldn't have guessed that you're playing a shirtless, muscled up dude with a drill in a first person shooter. No, that's true. But if you'd said it's based on a Disney film with a guy who looks like Talon. <laughs> yeah, I, Wait. by the way, you're playing Milo in this, and he's apparently become a shirtless, ripped-up buff dude. Gross. So what you're saying yeah. is that Milo has become a big daddy. <laughs> yeah, he's got a drill, too. Extra gross. Next up, we have a first-person shooter video game developed by Volition and published by THQ. A version for the Nokia N-Gage was developed by Monkey Stone Games, oh, wow. including which was at the time being done by our friend John Romero. Yes. Nice. This game was inspired by several works of contemporary science fiction, most notably the movie Total Recall, and it was renowned for remarkably good destruction physics, which the developers proceeded to make the hallmark of the franchise. Huh. This is a game series which eventually needed the developers to get architectural studies done so their buildings (laughs) didn't collapse under the physics engine. Oh, wow. This Red Orchestra? This is close, close. You got the name so close. It's Red Faction. Red Red Faction? Okay. Yes. Uh, This is the game which I believe is a fairly apt Doc Destructo simulator. (laughs) It lets you just smash the shit out of everything with a hammer. It's just a game called Doc Destructo. That's that's, that's Red Faction 2. Yes. When you put it like that, there should be. Red Faction 2 is the quote-unquote good one. Mm, I uh, disagree. Some people (laughs) like it. 
Next up, uh, after, after having had a reference to Dr. Strupto, what could we do but make a reference to Ty Tuesday? It's an Xbox game. It was a launch title for the Xbox, published by TDK, and it was one of the first commercial video games to make the use of deferred shading. That's literally all that the Wikipedia page has for this movie franchise tie-in game. A franchise tie-in that was a launch title for the Xbox. Yes! Hmm. <clears throat> Uh, it, it was the only one. It was sorry. It was the only one of this uh, franchise to get a game this year. You also got a Game Boy Color game and a PC game. The PC game was an activity center for little kids because this game, this movie, which is full of fart jokes and metatextual humor, is totally for kids. Uh, and the Shrek? Game Boy, yep, Shrek was a launch title for the Xbox. I don't remember any fart jokes in Shrek? It's the opening thirty seconds. He farts in the swamp. Oh yeah. Okay. That that was one. Okay. Yep. Uh, but yes, in, in 2001, you had Shrek, just called Shrek. You also had Shrek Fairy Tale Freakdown and Shrek Gameland Activity Center. Um, it wasn't until next year that you got Shrek Swamp Cart Speedway and the true crown jewel of the Shrek franchise, Shrek Smash and Crash Racing, didn't come out until 2006. Excuse me, but the true crown jewel of the, 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 the Shrek franchise is the, the fighting game. What? Which has a fucking gear list. Yeah, it's like Shrek Smackdown or something, isn't it? What yeah. the shit? Yeah, it has like a fucking tier list. Oh, dear. Uh, I, I've seen... Yeah, that's how I know about it. I've seen the graphics for that. <laughs> also, because there's so many Shrek games and there's so little to say about them, the Wikipedia pages is literally a table which has game <laughs> name, date release, platform, and then extra information, right? <laughs> And the amazing thing about it is this year's Shrek Quest, the extra information is published by Brandalf, received a 10 out of... <laughs> received... <laughs> received a 10 out of 10 rating from Alex. Oh, Alex. Good, him. Good, guy. <laughs> Good thing Alex had something to say about Shrek Alex, Quest. Alex was on Alex, this. I like Brandalf better. He's a wizard who manages your Twitter. <laughs> Next up, we have the first release of PopCap's game. PopCap what did Alex think I don't know what Alex thought of this one. This was one of those games, that taught, us, this is one of those games that taught us that video games journalists have no idea what drugs are actually like. And yeah, bejeweled? it's bejeweled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see all, the, you see all these uh, uh, various, various commentators comparing it to drugs. My, my favorite one was someone who said, man, bejeweled is like heroin. It's like, what, it makes you lie in bed for six hours? <laughs> Yeah, Bejeweled is like crack video game. I can't feel my fingers. <laughs> <clears throat> we have the <clears throat> the Super NES port to the Game Boy Advance of a 1994 platform game made by a Christian fundamentalist and homophobe. Earthworm Jim! Earthworm Jim! Fuck that guy! Yeah! Earthworm Jim is really cool. Doug Tenapel's a douche. Earthworm Jim, creator is a dick. And bonus, because we mentioned it, there's an odds-on chance he'll name search us hard enough to find it and complain about our podcast. Oh, fuck him. He'll, yeah. Hey, buddy, you search, Fuck you. He'll name search the audio. <laughs> That's how much of a douche he is. Well, I hope I pronounced Doug Tenapel correctly then. Anyway, uh, next up... Well, I'll, say, I'll say his true name. Douchebag. <laughs> Yeah. Doug Bag. We like Ken Penders more than we like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ken Penders seems all right. You, in you're fact, a douchebag. Randolph told me that Alex likes Ken Penders better than Doug Temple as well. Yeah. yeah. Next up, we have the Game Boy expansion. Uh, sorry, the Game Boy continuation of a Konami franchise. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, it, it, it's an exploration platformer because I know Jeb gets mad at me when I use the other word for it. Um, it's Castlevania. Yeah, it's Castlevania. Oh. 
<laughs> it's Castlevania Circle of the Moon, which I don't know. That's anything. not even a type, like, that's not even a kind of music. No. No, it's really strange. It's it, not a kind of music or an abbreviation for the console's name. Yeah, like, um, by all accounts, this game was competently forgettable. Uh, it, it, it received positively, it sold a decent number of <laughs> Setting things. Setting the standard for the modern Castlevanias, then. And and here we are, 15 years later, and I can't... Like, of all the Castlevanias people keep bringing up as being good, no one mentions this one. Anyway. Speaking of competently forgettable, that is my OKCupid okay profile. <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, we also had in this year two different Rayman re-releases, which is kind of cool. The Great Escape? Uh, uh, yes, that's one of them. And just looking at the other one. Yeah, Rayman 2, The Great Escape, and the other one was Rayman Advance, which was apparently a port of the first Rayman game. Because Dude, the Rayman Game Boy Advance. Yeah, because the, Rayman, because the Rayman franchise is so sprawling and expansive, it's very hard to get the specific details about any given game from its from uh, the Rayman Wikipedia page, because it'll take you to, hey, here is the franchise, rather than here is an individual game's page. Next up, we have an actual expansion, like this is an actual purchasable expansion, to what generally gets held up as one of the best role-playing games of this generation. Is this Throne well, of Bale? I passionately disagree that it's one of the best role-playing games of this generation. I don't know. Um, okay, it, so it's not WoW. It's not WoW. Cool, cool. Is it Throne of Bale? It's Throne of Baal, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Baldur's Gate yeah, 2 Throne of Baal, which is extensively voiced. And if you if you played Throne of Baal and you thought... Speaking of Throne of Baal... <laughs> <laughs> the Throne of Bull is how you extract it. No, anyway. Um, the Ladies. That's if, how you get bull spawn. If you, if you quite enjoy... Well, that, that, that's Greek myth, not Faerun... <laughs> Um, if you quite liked uh, Baldur's Gate 2, Throne of Baal, but thought the ending was a bit of a letdown, that is where the developers ran out of time and money. One of the developers, on his own, in his own time, made an expansion for the expansion. It's called Ascension. It is as hard as a coffin nail, but it is really cool and it adds a lot of extra depth to that final encounter and the ending of that game. Also, a whole bunch of balance changes that they couldn't get done in time. So, you know, I, I love that one of the developers was, was in tune enough and cared enough that he was hanging around on the the news group like news groups existing at this point yeah, yeah. Um, and just talking to people saying hey yeah I've, I've got this little project I'm working on just so you know is there anything you really wish that that end of the game had featured we threw out a bunch of features and he, he put most of them in <laughs> which was really cool it's a really really cool thing for a guy to do it's definitely a superior version of the like the combats and such but the real problem with Baldur's Gate is just that the plot's kind of rubbish <laughs> yeah it's a very generic plot all the other stuff that happens along the way is quite interesting and most of the characters are really interesting but the actual, like, the core of the plot where you're like, okay, fine, I'll go to the stupid island already. <laughs> it's all just, eh. All right, next up, we have, and again, this is, this is one year. This is one year of really good games, and I've jumped a whole bunch of forgettably funny games. Um, but I'm pretty sure Jeb's going to get this the second I give a meaningful hint. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just don't feel bad if you don't so get it. That's right, I'm you're prepared. Going, you're, going to, um, you're going to avoid giving any meaningful information. Uh, well... It was released in 2001 for Microsoft Windows. It's a third-person role-playing video game modeled on JRPGs by developer Tom Hall working for Ionstorm. That's an Acronox. It is an Acronox. The game is centered... Wonderful. The game is centered on Sylvester Sly Sly (laughs) Bruschelli. A down-and-out private investigator who looks for work in the slums of Anachronox. And the very first thing that happens to him is that he gets beat up by a thug and thrown out his own fucking window. (laughs) Is this Chante Noir? (laughs) (laughs) Good old Sly Boots. Your fucking cursor is a character. 
<laughs> Sylvester Sly Boots Buccelli using his pistol on enemies. Every time it mentions a character on the Wikipedia page, it gives his full name. <laughs> Well, yeah, because that's how you're supposed to refer to Sylvester Sly Boots oh, Jelly. Well done, editors. That is a thing of that is, that is keeping consistent with the brand. The characters. I hope was, that's how all the characters in game refer to him as well. The characters also include a character called Grumpus. <laughs> Grumpus is amazing because, if I'm not mistaken, he's the old man. He is the old man. And his special power is to be an old man. He will go up to like, he will go up to like, of like, there's a guard who's like, look, I can't let you in here. He'll just go up there and he'll start complaining about the, like, the bad, the good old days and, and fucking millennials and shit for like a bunch of paragraphs and paragraphs. Like, look, just go already. Yeah. Talon, why have we not seen any royalties from them using your likeness? (laughs) Well, Grumpus has a beard. (laughs) One of the characters is a planet. In oh, your it mind. is that one. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask, is that the one? Democratus. <laughs> Next up, we have an actual JRPG that isn't as good as Anachronax, apparently. Does <laughs> have a shitty old man on a planet? It doesn't feature a shitty old man on a planet, but it features one scene of laughing that is now iconic. Oh, this is Final Fantasy X. Yeah, yeah. I like Final Fantasy X. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not making fun of it. Sure, I... but Final Fantasy dubbing is... What's great is that World of Final Fantasy makes fun of that fucking laugh. <laughs> And I'm told, I'm told that the whole point of the scene was that they were trying to do a forced laugh, but, yeah, but it doesn't come across as that at all. It doesn't, so- it doesn't sound like a real forced laugh. Yeah. And the writing and the framing <coughs> and the music and everything doesn't make it seem like it's supposed to be a forced laugh either. It do- like, you watch this scene and you don't think, oh, they're really awkward around each other, so they're going to be forcing a laugh now. It's not really what it comes across as. It really comes across as two people having a breakdown, to be honest. Have we discussed how I have to apologize to voice actors in video games? Actually, this is a good chance for you to do so now that you bring it up yeah well i i mean i have always wondered why voice acting in video games is such worse quality than in uh you know tv media because even if it's the same actors they just seem to suck when they're in a video game and i learned that apparently this is because voice acting in video games is a fucking nightmare Mm, but you regularly don't get the whole script and don't get to speak to the other voice actors and are not informed what your character is actually supposed to be doing or thinking and get paid like shit yep i had no idea this was a thing so yeah you know sorry voice talent this this is not on you voice acting in video games still sucks but it's not your fault and i apologize and the best voice acting in video games is almost always because you've got perfectly good actors who actually got some fucking direction and support you know pay pay your workers video game industry yeah fucking oh god anyway say you will about the day of kojima's writing they still direct his voice actors yeah so next up, we have a video game where if I give you the tagline off the box, it's a huge clue on its own. Because apparently, they, this is this is from the era of let's put a game summary on the cover of the box and it works really well. <laughs> uh, New York, fugitive undercover cop, nothing to lose. And then on police tape, do not cross a man with nothing to lose. <laughs> this is the first game in the franchise. This Max Payne. Max Payne. Max Good Payne. ass game. It's very appropriate for a Max Payne cover. Good ass game. Max Payne has unbelievably wound up being a really good franchise. 
Max Payne for, 1 does wound up being a really good game. Yeah, yeah. I, is it unbelievable? Because pretty much didn't it start off being a really good game and just the, like, kept being generally good? I liked Max Payne when I was younger, in part because Max Payne came out when I was 18 years old. Oh, so it turned out like it doesn't get worse with age. Yeah, and then you go back and you play it again, and for a start, the gameplay still holds up. And second, Max Payne is written with its tongue planted so far into its cheek, <laughs> punching out the other side. And it, it spends its whole time... Um, basically riffing on how contrived it has to be to work and how silly it is to imagine that just doing enough violence will solve his problems. And, you know, the story even lampshades this. It's a really actually smart story. And then Max Payne 2, I'm like, oh, sequels, how, how are they going to follow that up? Max Payne 2 spends almost all of its time pointing out that it's a sequel and lampshading the way that the plot needs to use all the same plot beats, or it's not a sequel, <laughs> but also if it has the same ending, the world gets smaller and stupider. And it eventually breaks to the very end of, the, like, Max Payne 2's ending is way more tragic because we don't have that Deus Ex Mark anymore. You spent that quarter. That is pretty clever. And I mean, it's, it's rare that a smart, snarky, bleak thing can have a good sequel. Yeah. They usually just take it too far or they totally lose the grip on what was funny about the first one and it's just bleak and nasty. And Max Payne 3, which is only like, what, three years old at this point? Max Payne 3 is startlingly competent. In the era of the AAA shooter, and given that it's going, oh, we're going to go to South America to uh -oh. get an exotic location, oh, and we're going to shoot a whole bunch of people in poor locations, and you spend 99% of your time shooting a white millionaire's uh, private security firm who aren't local. Granted, granted, it's yeah, super serious and gritty. Yeah, it is, de it, and it, it's definitely trying to be the we read a book kind of story. Like, it, <laughs> well, actually, we saw some really good. Well, movies, it's the like rock Man star. It's the rock. And, it's the rock star version of Max Payne. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not sure, but it it is trying to do more, and it is trying to have a serious relationship with its own violence. It has problems. All these things, all these things have problems, but sure. it's just startling that Max Payne, which started out as a as a Quake mod, <laughs> wound up being a really robust chunk of video game storytelling. Such an unusual except, thing for a, except a good for the dream, days. except for the dream segments of Max Payne One. Oh yeah, those were fucking awful. <laughs> Yeah. That crying ass baby and that tiny little line you had to walk down with yeah. platforming. Fuck that. <laughs> Next up, we have the third in a pair of games uh, of this generation. A tradition. We'll have version one and two come out at the same time, um, and then we'll have a third version of it. This is Pokemon yep. Emerald. Nope. No? No, you're, you're a generation ahead. This is Crystal? Pokemon Crystal in 2001. Your 18th birthday. We come out like five years later? What? Because the first Pokemon games were 96. No. Uh, Pokemon Crystal was to Pokemon Gold and Silver. Oh, right. Pokemon uh, Yellow. I totally skipped Gold and Silver. Yeah. Ah. Which is which is weird. <laughs> Sorry, cause guys. Because that's, that's one of the things that helped found our relationship. That's harsh. Right, well, you had Crystal. Yeah, but uh, Gold, Silver generation in 2001. Oh, your sure, yeah. Generation. Anyway, uh, next up, we have... You know what? I'm not even going to try and describe this. I'm just going to read the game plot. The game's plot was roughly based on a storyline in 1999 where Stephanie McMahon gets kidnapped. Her father, Vince no, McMahon, promises God. to grant the player a shot at the WWF Championship if they manage to save her. The player must then fight through a series of side-scrolling levels to rescue Stephanie. The player can play as Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, or The Undertaker. This was the last WWF game you released on the Game Boy Color. <laughs> Anything, Jeb? Um, I have no idea what it was called. Why isn't that one where you just fight an army of cloned Hulk Hogan's? It's called WWF Betrayal. 
Oh, All right. Wrestling plot lines. Now we have what other people have argued might be the greatest computer role-playing game of all time. Fallout 2. Nope. Am I massively disdainful of this one? You're not massively disdainful, but you haven't played it. Deus Ex? No, it's not a first person. It is a uh, top-down point-and-clicker. It has um, it has a steampunk fantasy... Uh, a point-and-clicker RPG. It is Arcanum. Oh. Yes. It's isometric, yeah. Yes, isometric. My bad. Uh, yes. Uh, stunningly, this game sold about a quarter of a million copies. Such a good game. Which surprises so me. I honestly would have thought, given time, it would have we would have definitely crested past that. But yeah. Um, What's impressive? Not enough, people, not enough people are listening to me. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. It's impressive given that it wasn't attached to like a franchise nope. or an existing license or anything. Nope. Like that, that's pretty good. No existing system, no existing license. It's just an RPG they made. I also missed the, the, the whole steampunk ad. So. Yeah. And it was distributed by Sierra, who at this point were well into their put-their-pants-on-head kind of stage of play. Uh, but yeah, Arcadium is brilliant. You should be playing it right now. <laughs> Next up, we have a, well, a game from Japan, a turn-based tactics video game developed for the Game Boy Advance by Intelligent Systems and published Fremblem. by Nintendo. Sorry? Fremblem. No, it's not a Fembolum. No. <laughs> uh, it's the other, turn- it's the other turn-based tactics Shining game. Shining Force? No. Uh, oh, it's Advance Wars. It's Advance Wars, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, I thought... <laughs> sorry, you cut out a little bit there. Sorry there, Jeb. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know much about Advance Wars. I understand it's really good. But I do know about this game, and I do know it's mm-hmm. very good. Which is a platform game with a mascot character who surfs or grinds or snowboards or whatever. It's the 90s. Well, it's 2001, but it's, it's effectively 90s backwash. <laughs> Mega Man. He has a backwards cap. Mega Man. And excessive jewelry. Mega Man. <laughs> excessive jewelry. Well, it was sounding like the other Klonoa game. It is the other Klonoa game. It's just a massive ring. <laughs> It's not excess. It's not sure either. It's well, a weapon talent. All right, fine. He looks like he's wandering around with a wedding ring he stole from a real size human. It's like a tractor beam. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Klonoa Empire of Dreams, which I watched consume two whole days of Fox's life once. Um, it's an excellent game. I lost my copy when I lost my GBA, which makes me very sad because to find a copy, I had to buy it in America on our honeymoon. Yep. Um, and I had gotten perfect on all of those fucking levels even the bonus stages oh no <laughs> so cranky about this all right next up yeah, we have yeah. oh that's the game the baby fell in love with klonoa he's friggin adorable in that <laughs> he's a tiny little pixel sprite and he is so damn cute i wanted to play that thing forever wahoo <laughs> that also helped they have dubbed that in other games despite like even if he doesn't have dialogue they sometimes dub the wahoo and it's terrible oh no wahoo. in the beach volleyball game he has a very british woohoo oh it's no so shit makes me cry next up we have a a classic of the of the survival horror genre it's generally one of those things that everyone talks about when they talk about video games and cinematic storytelling and okay is it a resident evil or is it a silent hill it's silent hill Hill too it's really good you got these you got this ghost camera that these twins have and you go into this house and you take pictures of the ghosts yeah Uh, there was also a game boy port of final fight And, sure. and comically, uh, a X-Men video game, which is still a stub on Wikipedia by Digital <laughs> Eclipse. Uh, next up, we have a, I guess it's an exploration puzzle platformer, action adventure game, published by Sony for the PlayStation 2, uh, designed by and directed by uh, Fumito Ueda, who wanted to create a minimalist game around boy meets girl. Eco. Yes. It's the original Eco. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, 
we have a port of a we have a port of a PC first person shooter to the Game Boy Advance. Oh. <laughs> Doom. Why? Doom. Yes. There was a Doom port to the GBA. Oh. <laughs> Which makes this Brandon, a very rare. Granted, the, the, like, the GBA does give you, does have all you need to play Doom. Yeah. It has buttons. Well, actually, no, it doesn't there- quite. There is one thing the GBA doesn't have, which the GBA couldn't do proper 3D math, which meant that when you look down a corridor in GBA Doom, it slants in on itself on the sides, because the further it gets away, the worse the math gets. Uh, also, the 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 feel on a GBA D-pad is it's much harder to press than keyboard keys, which I can imagine yeah. really fucking you up in a game of Doom. Which, by the way, this does make this a very rare retro gaming news where two Tom Hall games are in play. <laughs> Who's that? He's the guy who developed Anachronax. Oh, right, right, okay. <laughs> we have the gritty reboot of a arcade game, which attempted Final to make... Streetwise. <laughs> which attempted to make a great quest by Konami for the PlayStation 2. It was ported to Microsoft Windows the following year and dedicated in memory of its fallen voice actor, Steve Shepard Brody, who was the voice of Lumpy the Toad, Count Blah the Vampire, and the Magic General of Light and Industry. <laughs> mm. Wait, so hang on. It, I, I was going to make a Pac-Man joke when this started out. You're at the right level of original game. But, okay, so even with Lumpy the Ghost, though, it's not... Uh... Lumpy the Toad, please. Oh, Lumpy the Toad, sorry. This is an Frogger. amphibian-based... Oh, sorry. I... Yes, it's, it's Frogger. Frogger the Great Quest. Yes, it it's is. It's a fucking... I wouldn't call it gritty. <laughs> Compared to the original? Well... This is more... There's nothing... It is just, it's a 3D, it's a 3D platform. Yeah. That's what it's it is. It's more an uh, epic reboot of an arcade franchise. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but gritty is unfair. Now, we're almost done with this year, by the way. Uh, but we have a Game Boy Advance JRPG franchise that was attempting to blend together classical Final Fantasy style JRPGs and Pokemon. Dragon Quest Monsters. No, no, not in 2001. Okay, you said Pokemon in that game as a surprise. I was thinking Golden Sun. It is Golden that's, Sun. This monster raising in Golden Sun? Yes, there is. I remember you that bit at all. catch and raise little elementals and, and, and imbue them into your weapons. Huh. And if you fail to do this over the long run, your weapons suck. Mm, maybe that's why I didn't get very far in Golden Sun. Leading to high-level characters trekking back to the middle of Schleppsville nowhere and fighting low-level things for 25 minutes, and it's really boring. Ah, nuts. This is one of those games where you should read an FAQ first, really. Yeah. We have the return to a franchise from 1991, uh, which was... Yeah, this, 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 look, I'm not going to begrudge anyone any game they enjoy where they get to stab a Nazi in the face. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, I'm just not that kind of person. Yeah, return it's to Return Castle to Castle Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. The 2001 relaunch, which at this point, there's, there's been so many relaunches of the Wolfenstein brand, it's kind of a, a real mess to determine where any of them start. It's more like, it's easy to think of them as just a whole bunch of different standalone games. And yeah, this is the 2001. The yeah. Well, do you really need more plot than escape from and kill multiple Nazis? Well, I mean, Zelda. Yeah. I mean, not not the Nazis. But <laughs> Link versus the Nazis. But uh, Return yeah, of Castle Wolfenstein, right? Yeah, return. It was kind of the start of that, that early 2000s uh, uh, renaissance of the, the next wave of uh, first-person shooters. Yeah. And now, last of all, we have a game that is remarkable in a whole bunch of different ways because it's got asymmetrical play and it has a, almost an RTS element and a kind of a rampage element to it and everything well. Um, but it's mostly notable at the moment because I didn't know this until today that its release date was December 21st, which I've got to say, for a video game... 
that's a pretty gutsy release date. <laughs> we we want to get out in time for Christmas, but only just. But only just. You'll you'll make the time to come and get it, right? Yeah, you're right. It's kind of a poor choice. Yeah. Uh, this was a game developed by shiny entertainment employees who had worked on the game MDK. First shiny project entertainment. for Planet Moon. Yes. There are three factions in this game, one of which is... Is this? Uh, no. I was going to say it's myth, but it's not myth. No, it's not myth. Not- one of the factions is a group of mermaids who have to be in tune with nature and harvest things gently. One is a bunch of beer-swilling, jetpack-riding, goony... Uh, British soccer hooligans who get prefab kit machines and dump them on the landscape. And one of the factions is an enormous monster that runs around stomping on things. Is this Giant Citizen Kabuto? Giant Citizen Kabuto. Nice. <laughs> December 21st, 2001. And don't get me wrong, that premise is almost really cool. strong enough that you would go get it on December 21st. <laughs> like, if you told me 4X, but I can play Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. And, 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 and- you're each, like, it's like you're getting, it's kind of like you're getting three different fucking games in one. Yeah, yeah, because because the Mechorons don't just play, like, they do play a lot like a third-person adventure shooter. You're building bases mostly by, like, plonking down beacons and coming back to them yeah. later. Oh. You're not doing the same resource gathering that the mermaid, the merfolk, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, but Whichever. The, oh, they're called Mer-people. the Sea Reapers. <laughs> that, that has a different tone to mermaids, definitely. Mm. Also, apparently it has multiplayer, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be the point? Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, surely there's no other purpose computer. to this game than be like, okay, have fun with your little mermaids. Have fun with your little Mac-Man. <laughs> I'm a monster. Uh, it does, however, feature one of those many moments of, oh, come on, why can't we have nice things? The soundtrack was released as a CD that you could buy. Uh-huh. And the author of the, um, the, uh, the soundtrack was um, originally offering to autograph the soundtrack on its release in the United States. Cool. Which he then withdrew when a bunch of people emailed him saying, look, I'm not going to buy it, but can you give me an autograph anyway? I'm going to pirate it off Napster. Explicitly citing Napster. Why would you do that? Asking for autographs of printouts. Why would you do that? (laughs) Like, even if you're going to do it, it's still a dick move to say it like that. It's, no, what I mean is, why would you be... Not why would you pirate it. I understand why people pirate things. I don't understand why you would be enough of an asshole <laughs> to go, I don't want to give you anything, but will you give me something anyway? <laughs> Can I bring my ripoff that represents how I stole from you? <coughs> Have you sign it? Yeah, can you give me even more free stuff? Here is my demonstration of my respect for you. <laughs> yeah, and... That's not all of what came out in 2001. There's still a whole bunch of other stuff that was really, you know, worth mentioning. It's just, you know, you got only so many, so many minutes of the day. 2001, 1999, 1998, they're all really impressive, really interesting years of video game history. And this year we've gotten World of Final Fantasy and that's it. <laughs> I got the swindle. Oh, wait, that was last year. We'll get Pokemon Sun and Moon. That's probably true. Though, I mean, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to sound more enthusi- enthusiastic about that than I really am because I think this is going to be my generation where I just don't like the Pokemon very much. <laughs> I'm, I'm not super stoked for it, unfortunately. Well, we know I'm, not, the... I'm not picking it up. I'm going to get Final Fantasy 15 and I'm going to like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, having listened to some of that soundtrack you mentioned, um, yeah, I got to <laughs> say, that's a really good soundtrack really good sound even if the game is garbage i'm glad that the music director got to muck around for that many hours yeah i have to say that the game trailer doesn't do hella much for me it just sort of like aside from the chocobos (laughs) and chocobos are lovely and stuff 
It, and I can't actually detect any sci-fi or fantasy in it. Like, it's just, here's, you know, a cool vehicle section. Oh, what are they driving? A speedboat. <laughs> it's just a speedboat. <laughs> now I want to see them in the car on a speedboat. And the car, it's just a car. It's just except, a car. Except it's a car that transforms into a jet. I mean, it does transform at the end of the trailer. Okay, I missed that bit. Yeah, but That's still. a bit cool, but <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, the costuming is like, it's just, uh, you know, a bunch of guys wearing sort of J-pop outfits. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. It seemed to be missing the fantasy for me. Anyway, I do think that that's plenty of audio. Meanwhile, meanwhile um, the, last we from... the, an- the last episode of the anime, they kill uh, a Marilith. <laughs> nice. <laughs> please, tell right. they, please tell me they hit and run a Marilith. <laughs> Sadly, no. They <laughs> just jump into bits. Well, that'll do it, you know, I guess. Sorry if I was a little down on that, by the way, Jeb. It could still be an excellent game, and I'm sure you will still love it. And I don't want to detract from that in any way. No problem with me. Kingsclave, the, the movie sucked. <laughs> really bad. All right. Wait, is like, the wow. movie from the Final Fantasy 15 country yeah. as well? It's the prequel. It's a prequel. Series. There's a, oh, there's a okay. movie prequel Pre- about right. Sean Bean doing something fucking thing that a ring. <laughs> Sean Bean and rings. Not a good history. Anyway. <laughs> live action video game movies. Not a good history. It wasn't long. It wasn't live action. Though, Sean Bean was also in the Silent Hill movie. Man, that guy just can't catch a break with, with, with video game franchises either. At least he survived the Silent Hill movie. That's good for him. That's true. Shit. That's true. Yeah, like a Silent Hill movie. And yeah, Sean why would Bean the movie survive? he survived be a horror film? Anyway. Uh, so he can live on in eternal torment, not knowing where his wife and daughter have disappeared to. Because oh, he's they the are. main character. No. No? No, he's the dad. This like, is what this happens is... to a non-main character in a Silent Hill. Okay, wow. so so the listener, spoiler for the Silent Hill movie. Oh, yeah, hey, sorry, but guys. The story sets up Sean Bean as the dad who's coming to rescue them, and the whole movie is built with this sort of like, mom and daughter are surviving in Silent Hill somehow, and then dad is going to be the cavalry that saves the day, and he gets there, and it's a totally different place, and they're not there, and they're like standing next to each other in parallel dimensions, and the dad's just like, well, this is deep depressing i'm going home uh, and and the whole thing is i like, think you're gonna say and he's the monster who kills everyone no in the end. no, it, it, no he's, honestly, he's honestly, barely in the movie yeah it's super fucking <laughs> harrowing honestly wow. Did, like from from a conceptual level of like as a narrative imagine your family disappeared left signs of where they went you went there and it was completely dead end and that's it and you never found out about them meanwhile they are on the until the sequel well yeah until the sequel fire cults yeah still uh, well, we we went from me expecting, yeah, we'll churn out like 40 minutes. We, we'll, we'll, we'll use all the audio we get because whatever. To, uh, we are now looking at <laughs> sitting at almost two hours of audio. Yeah, sorry guys. Complete with a lot of bull semen jokes. We might put this out as a double, as a bumper double episode because I think people need a laugh. Sure, yeah. I, I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as ever always, thank you very much to everyone who is the listener who is contributing to our podcast on Patreon. We thank you so much. It helps everything we do. And as ever always, that was Jeb. And for the first time tonight, that was Fox. And that was Grumpus. <laughs> Tune in next time when... We'll remember to do an intro? <laughs> I don't think so. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, we got to rewind the podcast all the way back to the start. Come on, come on. Yep, 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 yep. And right, hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. With me today, with me today, is Grumpus Talon Lee. That's a call ahead to a joke that we haven't done yet. <laughs> and also with us is Democratus Fox Lee. <laughs> you contain multitudes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was gonna make a joke, but you're gonna call me off guard there. <laughs> And I, of course, am your host with the OK Keep the Profile names. I am Jeb Sly Boots Wretch. <laughs>
Oh, oh, I got one. Wahoo! <laughs> it's going to be a goddamned mess. This is basically the freestyle jazz of the downloadable concept podcast. <laughs>